Welcome to the Behind the Wheel with OnRamp podcast, where we'll share advice, tips, and tricks for non-car people about how to buy, sell, maintain, and enjoy everyday automobiles with a focus on reliability and low cost of ownership. I'm your host, Blake Jennings, president of OnRamp. And I'm Rami Cerrone, the head of vehicle acquisitions. And today we're going to share our own horror stories from the used car market. It's really not pretty out there right now. No, it is not. So let's jump right in with a recent horror story. Uh, Rami, why don't you tell us about the recent odometer rollback that we saw on a Suburban that we sold? Yes, so I personally sold a Suburban here in town. Um, It had really high miles. It had 265,000 miles, and we sold it as as described. A guy came to buy it, um, didn't ask any questions, paid us the money, and left. About a month later, as I was perusing Facebook Marketplace, I saw the exact Suburban, and I recognized it just because every car has its own um, uh, similarities. Little dings and dings, yeah. Yeah, little things. And unfortunately, it was listed with like 110,000 miles. I clicked a little deeper, and I saw, and I confirmed that was the right one, Mm -hmm. and it was being resold for more money than he paid for it with half the miles. So um, before we get into all of these kind of horror stories, which we've got quite a few different ways that people try to scam you when you buy a used car, we wanted to start with kind of the big takeaway. So if you're only listening for a few minutes, you get this. So let's talk about the best ways to protect yourself ultimately from all scams that are out there. So uh, Rami, why don't you give us a couple ideas for how people can protect themselves from thieves, scams, and crooks? All right. So first, when you're looking for a car, take your time. It's an emotional Mm -hmm. decision. It's an emotional time, but you still can't be rushed. The first thing when you see an ad for sale, um, just look at the pictures for one. I mean, one of our big red flags is when we see a car with temporary tags, which are the paper tags that are on the car or with no registration sticker. So that basically means that somebody bought the car, it's putting a sticker, it's not usually in their name, and they're just flipping it. It's just not... um, one we usually just pass on those right away um you can on facebook especially you can research the seller yeah so recently i was looking at a pickup truck and i actually reached out to the seller and he said yeah i'm selling it for my brother sounds good but then i clicked on him and i saw that he had five or six cars for sale so he was a used car dealer nothing wrong with dealers but the story doesn't line up not being honest yep um and then actually message the seller. This is another way that we rule out half of our cars. <laughs> You'll message them a question, two or three yeah. questions, and they'll answer yes, or yes, it's yeah. available, or they just won't answer the question. Yep. So just based on those things, you can rule out a lot of the cars mm-hmm. out there. If you make it past that, the most important thing we recommend is run the VIN number. Mm-hmm. Ask for the VIN, which unfortunately is hard to get sometimes from these sellers. But if you do get it, it's worth the $29 or whatever you have to pay to run a Carfax because yep. that will tell you a lot of the history on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Carfax reports, I think it is a, a barrier for some people that you have to pay like $29 for it. But $29 is so much less than five or ten dollars or $15,000. So um, it's really worth running, although like Rami was saying, do the other things you can do before that, before you have to spend any money, just looking at the pictures. Like I remember I've seen a lot of ads where there's only a few pictures and I think, okay, let's see if this is legit. And I just asked for more pictures and they ghost me. 
I'm like, well, maybe you don't even have that car. Mm. Maybe that car is a, a complete scam. Because if you're really selling it, you'll you'll get me some good pictures and you'll show me what I need to see. So research the vehicle as best you can. Research the seller. Ask around, and and then before you do anything, go ahead and pony up the money for a good Carfax report. Because that's with that suburban odometer rollback that. Carfax report would show that because the Carfax would show that it was sold at, you know, in a couple hundred thousand mile. And then now he's selling it for 150. So right. you would know right off the bat. So uh, it's really important. I'll, I'll give you a, another example. Carfax uh, saved me from buying a Corolla for on-ramp that was offered for sale right here in town recently by, I, I think, a college student who had no idea what had happened to her. She listed this nice little Corolla as a 110,000-mile car. And I looked at the pictures, and it looked like the right mileage. Everything was legitimate. So I asked her for the VIN number, and she was very responsive and got it for me. And I ran the VIN number, and sure enough, it was a 175,000-mile car. And I could actually see on the car facts that the previous owner before her had switched out, I guess, the odometer, the instrument cluster, um, and, and the mileage had suddenly dropped by you know 60,000 miles. And I told the seller that. She strongly denied it, and, and I... I think she uh, had had been victimized herself and was just really uh, felt horrible over that. So it's always worth running a Carfax report, especially to check the the legitimacy of the mileage report. And so when you're looking at the Carfax, you'll see a lot of information there. But the key thing is look down over all the history records and make sure that the miles are increasing legitimately. So there's no massive gap. There's nothing going backwards, nothing like that. So uh, so first of all, checking for mileage rollback. Another common example, so we'll give you a kind of a second example of scams out there, are major mechanical problems or accident damage that has been hidden from you. So you're talking to a seller who is not being honest about the history of that car. A uh, lot of different ways that this can show up, um, but I'll give you an example. Our first on-ramp client, uh, a lady named Marlo, she had been sold this little Mitsubishi sedan by kind of a fly-by-night corner lot place. The salesman told her it was in great shape. She paid uh, a down payment and signed for a loan and took the vehicle, and it started running badly. So she brought it to me, and I opened the hood and found duct tape holding a number of components together as well as just random electrical wires holding the radiator up and as i started to look into it with the flashlight i thought this car had experienced massive accident damage and rather than repair it i guess they got from the salvage yard some exterior body panels and then they just put the engine bay back together with duct tape and electrical wire and it was a nightmare and there was nothing she could do about it uh, it's very difficult to pursue those as like a criminal case later and so you have to be aware that often there's going to be really bad damage or mechanical failures that the seller will try to hide from you Right. Um, and don't think it's only corner lots or individual sellers. Personally, just a few months ago, I was in Dallas and I went to a high-end luxury um, new car dealer and I was actually looking at a used car. So a name brand dealer in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And I went and drove the car and it drove great. And we walked inside. I asked for the Carfax as I should. And then I saw that it was came from Michigan, somewhere on the East Coast. So I walked outside to get under the car. It was filled with rust. The car was four years old, yep. rust all over the place. Yeah. And if I didn't ask for the Carfax, I would have never known where the car came from. And I wouldn't have thought of looking under the car like that. Yeah, I, we have mentioned it before, but 
Um, and we don't want to throw all used car dealers under the bus because there, there's a lot who are great, but you don't know whether they're great when you meet with them. And so you have to go in um, with a critical eye, a little bit suspicious, um, because they're they're not necessarily going to tell you all the bad things about the car. That's, that's not what they're about. So right. you have to assume, I need to find the stuff that could be wrong with this car. Um, here's a, a, an example that actually did become criminal. This was uh, the worst we've seen. Uh, we had a, a lady here in town go down to Houston to buy a vehicle from a used car lot. It was a 50,000-mile Buick SUV, so it looked pristine on the outside, low mileage. Uh, the salesman was very pushy, tried to get her to, to drive it and drive it off the lot. She had the, the wherewithal to pull the dipstick and look, and, and there was some junk on the dipstick, but he told her, that's because we just changed the oil, that'll go away in no time. So she bought the car, brought it back to College Station, and it broke down on the way. And when we got into it, uh, we were called in to help. We found that actually the oil had never been changed in that vehicle in 50,000 miles, and the engine had failed, and it was a complete loss. And there was no recourse for her. And we have reached out and tried to get lawyers involved and other folks involved. And there may one day be a criminal case against this dealership. But you just have to understand it's very hard to pursue these things after the fact. So you really have to have a critical eye. Um, you want them to prove to you that they're being honest and fully disclosing. And you need to look at everything. So it's really crucial to do that. In her case, what I would have recommended and we've talked about before is to get a pre-purchase inspection, especially this was a fairly expensive SUV. It's a big investment for her. It was most of her retirement funds. And so in that kind of case, when it's a big purchase, go ahead and spend the one to $200 to have an independent mechanic inspect that vehicle and find out if there's something that the seller is trying to hide from you. Right. And this is important. Again, we're telling you to run a Carfax, which costs money. We're asking you to run a pre-perfect pre-purchase inspection, also called a PPI, which costs money. But again, those two things would have helped this lady who spent all her money on the Buick. So before you get there again, there's steps. Like, for example, opening the radiator cap when it's cool and looking inside of it. Mm -hmm. We actually got a car for on-ramp that had stop leak in the radiator, which... Yeah. It's like this gunk that they'll pour in there to try to keep a, a leaking coolant system from pouring on the ground so they don't have to replace parts. But yeah, that's a good sign that they're not taking care of the car. Right, exactly. So these are just things, again, take your time, take the proper steps to save yourself a lot of money later. Yep, and I, I will add with Rami's example of the rust, um, I know it probably looks a little bit silly, but bring a flashlight and please get down on your hands and knees and look under the car. I can't tell you how many people spend ten, twenty thousand dollars on a vehicle and never look under it. And under is where you see the stuff that you need to see. So please humble yourself and get down on your hands and knees. Look under there on all sides, front and back. You're looking for rust. You're also looking for stuff leaking. Like often I've gotten under and seen, hey, the whole bottom of this car is covered in some black sludge. So mm -hmm. that's probably oil leaking. And But you wouldn't have known unless you get down there and look. So please do that. All right, let's talk about another source of scams that are out there, very common. Uh, it is a shady paperwork scam. So you've looked at the vehicle, you've run the Carfax, everything looks legitimate on the vehicle itself, but when you get down to actually time to to hand over your money and they hand you the documents, something is wrong with the paperwork. So, Rami, what have you seen of these kind of scams? All right, so there's a few things here. For one, there's a people out there that are selling for their brother's, uncle's, cousin's yeah. name, and that's the name that the title is in. Again, scammy because they just 
bought the car and never titled it in their mm-hmm. name and are trying to pass it on on you, which is a risk mm-hmm. because it's owned by somebody else legitimate, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always look at the title before you hand over the money mm-hmm. because, again, sometimes it doesn't exist or it's a previous person's name. It's been dated three, four years ago. And yep. In this case, you're responsible for the back fees or I know back. you're going to owe some huge late fees. Yeah. yeah that's so, something most people don't know. If the title has a date on it, that's, uh, you know, it's already a dated title. Maybe they got it from somebody. If it's not been transferred to the new owner within 30 days, when you buy it, you will be on the hook for the tax late fees and they will add up. And yeah, three or four years, you're going to owe a lot of back tax and, and uh, fees on that vehicle. Absolutely. Or, um, here's an example. Um, a gentleman was looking for a car for his son and this, he broke the cardinal rule of not taking his time Mm -hmm. so he found a deal on facebook and met the guy at night so that's another bad thing don't meet the guys at night you need to look at the car at night (laughs) so either way he bought (laughs) the the day he bought the car at night met the guy who was supposedly a dealer in a apartment parking lot um he looked at the car drove it thought it looked good so he paid him the money and got no paperwork he left with the car but no, but no oh, paperwork. Man. The next yeah. day he called us. He says, hey, look what I did. So we looked up the VIN after the fact, which is yeah. exactly opposite of what you want to do. And this car had been salvaged twice. Yes. So he wasn't disclosed that it was a salvage title, which means yep. it's been totaled beyond repair and insurance bought it back. And um, he actually ended up getting the title in a few weeks, which is lucky, yeah. but it was still a salvage car. It's he salvage paid car. non-salvage pricing. That's right. All this could have been saved by just... That's doing right. his due diligence beforehand. Yep. Carfax will help you to identify vehicles that have been salvaged, um, but there's no substitute for holding the title in your hands. You need to see that title. Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the questions you can ask before even running the VIN, yeah. is the title in your yeah. name? Again, me or you, honest sellers, will have no problem. Yes, it's in our name. Yeah. But when you start getting stories or run around or if anything makes you yep. feel uneasy... There's a lot of cars out there. Just walk. That's right. I, I often have the person send me a picture of the front of the title, and I'm fine if they cover up their address, but that, that should show the vehicle information and the name of the person. Remember, if that there's two names on the title, like a married couple, both have to sign it. Uh, an unsigned title by either owner is a worthless title. It doesn't you can't. You don't have ownership of the vehicle. I will share the worst example of this that that I have ever seen, and was just really tragic. We had a single mom um, that we met, uh, sadly, after the fact. After this had happened, she went down to Houston, which is common. You go down to the big city to get a vehicle. She bought a vehicle from a guy who works at a major dealership, um, but it was listed on Facebook, and it got really confusing. She looks at this vehicle; it looks good, everything kind of checks out. But he tells her, "Well." you know, I don't have the paperwork at the dealership. Will you meet me at my house? And that should have been the first sign of the paperwork is at your house. This isn't legit. (laughs) Run away. But she didn't. She met him at his house. He had the vehicle. He had the keys, but he didn't have a title. He had a like a hand done bill of sale. And so he's like, well, I'm selling it to you and I'll mail you the title. You just have to fill out the bill of sale. So she does it. She hands over her money. She's got a, you know, some document he made and drives it back to College Station and his aunt, she had paid a ton of money and gotten a loan and everything. Um, so we start to get in it, and she's like, well, the title never showed up. So we run a check on it. Well, the title never showed up because the car was stolen. Mm-hmm. And then he just made a sheet of paper that said, I have the right to sell this to you. Well, if the vehicle was stolen, she doesn't own that vehicle, and the money's gone. So we, you know, she called the police and all of that. Sadly, it was bought in the Houston market, and the Houston police have a lot 
bigger deals to go after than somebody's sold a stolen car. So it was just a tragedy from beginning to end that could have been avoided by, again, you run the Carfax and then you do not hand over the money until they hand you a clean title signed by every listed seller. It has to be there in their name. And again, you're checking to make sure if the date is filled out on the title, it's less than 30 days ago, or you're going to owe the fees. All right, let's talk about kind of the last source that uh, we've run into of scams and criminals out there. And this is kind of the worst case, I guess you could say, scenario. There's no car at all. It's just a crook trying to steal your money or your identifying information so that they can either take advantage of other people or like go get a credit card in your name, whatever it might be. This is just the straight up criminal scams that are out there. And while criminal scams can happen in all kinds of different ways, there's lots of scams, um, in in different markets, there are also quite a few in the used car market. So, Rami, what have you seen in terms of just outright scams? All right, this is tough because it's really easy to see from the outside looking in, but when you're in the situation, it's, so easy to get caught it's up hard. In the moment. Yep. So let's talk about a few. For for one, I was helping a person, and this happens multiple times, and they're sending me all these thousand dollar, twelve hundred dollar Lexuses or brand new Toyotas. Mm-hmm. If it's too good to be true. It is. It's, it's just too, bad. It's, Nobody's yeah. selling a 2020 a Lexus for $1,200. <laughs> Whatever it is, just pass on those. There's yes. something ridiculous on yes. that. I'm not sure what they're trying to get, but they're getting something out of you. Yes. Um, one that happened to me recently, I was actually selling a car, and a lady messaged me and asked all the right questions. Mm-hmm. And then legitimately sounding, she said, hey, I just want to make sure that you're real. Can I send you a code? And I Googled it real quick. I was like, "What? Well, how does sending a code work? But what it is, she's using my phone number to create a Google voice code. And by sending me the code and me responding to that, it gives her the authorization. And then she starts running scams with my phone number. Yes. So she's scamming other people, but with your identity. Exactly. So I just deleted her. And that's a new one to, um, to know yeah, about. Yeah. Um, here's a new one that I've recently heard about. It's the PayPal or Venmo or Cash App yep. refund scam. So for example, Rami buys a car or wants to buy a car from Blake. So I say, hey, I'm going to send you $500 for, on Venmo to hold a deposit. Mm-hmm. Sounds legitimately. And I can even do a screenshot. Here, Blake, I sent you $500. Of course, it doesn't exist because Blake didn't receive it. Mm-hmm. He tells me, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get it. And I use some excuse. Oh, I'm sorry, I just set up this account, do me a favor, send back the $500 so I could... Correct uh, it. And correct it. it. Right yeah. And then all of a sudden they disappear. So yep. I never sent you $500, but you sent me $500 yep. of your money. Yeah. So yeah. pass on that. So just, there was no car for sale. It was, was just no car they for wanted, sale. Yeah. They got money. Yep. And it could be $100, it could be $1,000, whatever yep. it is. It's a real thing. And yep. here's a really sad story of a woman I knew, again, got in a hurry, too mm-hmm. good to be true, and she... Um, they told her, we're going to deliver you the car on Saturday. If you don't like it, you can return it. No questions asked. Of course, unless it's Carvana or something, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. But either way, they said, but you need to pay for it in advance. Again, she didn't see the car or the title. They told her she needed to go to Dollar General or something and get these cash cards yes, and send the them the code. Scam. Yeah, I think she sent them $10,000. Oh. And of course, it disappeared. I yep. mean, it sounded too good to be true. Yep. The story was legitimate to her. Yep. Again, outside looking in, we're like, how can people do that? It happens all the time. It does. It does. So, you know, our, our 
advice to you on that is do not use any of these like on your phone services to pay for major transactions uh, such as a car or obviously there could be other things that they're scamming you on so don't use paypal or venmo or cash app or um, definitely not uh, gift cards or anything of that nature when when we buy a car whether you know it's rami and i for personally for our own families or with on-ramp we only deal in very traceable forms of payment and so most frequently it's we're going to meet you at our bank and go into the bank together and get the cash and hand it to you. Um, and so it's, you know, it's cash, it's clear what it is, and it's there at the bank, you feel safe, you're not at risk. When it's a larger transaction that can't happen person to person, we might do like a cashier's check from the bank, not, you know, not a money order from Walmart, don't do that. Money orders can be sources of scams as well. But you know, a cashier's check from your bank. If it needs to be a wire transfer, it's from your bank. You've you've verified everything. You get your bank to look into it. You want to have that protection that comes from working through um, your bank or somebody that's reputable um, that you can trust. So I think the key again here, as Rami said, is if it looks too good to be true, we guarantee it is. Right. No one is selling a uh, a brand new Ford F-150 for $20,000, <laughs> you know, or even a two-year-old one like that. You just, you got to believe it's, if it's too good to be true, it is. Um, and then again, as Rami said, be patient, take your time. You can't be a victim of a scam until you hand over money. Right. You know, I, I guess, I guess they could have taken your identity. That would be the exception there. But yeah, so there are lots of scams and crooks and criminals in the used car market right now. As we have said before, we currently believe that probably 50% or more of the ads that are uh, listed on a place like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist are in some way a scam, whether it's outright, there's no car, or it's a stolen car, or simply they're just not disclosing everything to you, whether an odometer mileage rollback or not telling you about the rust or the failure here or there in the car. So you have to defend yourself by having a critical eye and taking your time. So back to the big takeaways, as we said earlier, as you take your time and research things, research the seller as much as possible. If anything feels off, walk away. Um, research the vehicle as much as you can, looking for great pictures, inspecting those pictures carefully, asking friends who know stuff about cars, looking for, does it have current registration sticker and plates? And then once you've done those things, go ahead and pay the money to run a Carfax or VinCheck report. It is always worth it. And if anything is off on any of those, walk away. Don't become another victim of all these scams that are going on in the used car market. So this has been fun, Rami. Thanks again for coming on. This is awesome. This if, is you great. Need, if you need anything, call us. We're your yeah, friends we, too. We are. Let us so, help you. And, and please, we would so much rather spend 20 minutes helping you on the front end before you buy the car than 20 hours trying to, to help um, raise you up out of a bad purchase after the fact. So, Absolutely. Thanks for joining us at Welcome to uh, at Behind the Wheel with OnRamp. Uh, I'm Blake Jennings. And I'm Rami Cerrone. And we'll see you next time.